0: This is Mike Delt with the Relax Back UK show on UK Health Radio, your global real feel good radio station. On the Relax Back UK show, we explore all kinds of health topics, so keep listening and enjoy the ride. Hello and thank you for joining me Mike Dirk with this week's Relax Back UK show. This show is made possible by the kind sponsorship of AlgoCells. AlgoCells uses the body's own stem cells ability to regenerate tissue to treat joint and spine injuries and pain. Check out their website algocells.com. This week I talked to someone whose life was turned upside down by horrible pain caused by poor posture from working long hours at their computer. What he found as a, a way of treating the problem and care also turned out to be a new career for him. I was I was working as a project manager in
1: IT and uh, I kept getting promoted and I was working on a laptop which will uh, sound very familiar to a lot of people and eventually it made me ill. And so I, the sort of stuff that made me better really excited me and I found I was better suited and, and enjoyed that a lot more than I did being working in IT as a project manager. So I switched over
0: to it. James Crow helps people be comfy and efficient in the workplace and is an Alexander Technique teacher. Hear his story and how he helps people now. Then it's the time of year when some of us might bore others about their summer holidays. Well, you know what, I'm no exception. And I went to Italy and uh, had a great time and bumped into some interesting people in
2: Florence. So what are we doing? We are um, we're helping pigeons. Uh, we are going out when we can with our bicycles and uh, sometimes we take our little guy here who is also a pigeon. Uh, we call him Mavi. Hear about
0: the pigeon helpers of Florence and other bits from my holiday. But don't worry, I'll be brief. So please do join me for a great show. Thank you.
1: That makes you feel good.
3: Nagging pain. We at cells know that a small amount of the patient's own bone marrow and blood cells can treat many painful conditions with regenerative orthopaedic therapy. This is an attractive treatment option for painful joints, back pain, sports injuries and many other conditions. It may avoid the need for surgery altogether. cells. Part of a network of 50 X clinics worldwide where over 60,000 patients have been treated and helped. Alga Cells.
4: Life is more beautiful with less pain. A cancer diagnosis can be scary and stressful for everyone involved. Hello Love is a contemporary living space and well being center in central London where anyone can come and learn about illness prevention and non toxic practice. Inside, you will find a vegan restaurant. Juice bar and holistic dojo that encourage lifestyle changes to help heal mind, body, and spirit connection. Cancer patients are offered free sessions. To find out more, please visit us at HelloLove.org. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good.
0: My guest James Crow does an awful lot, but essentially, he tries to keep people in the workplace, stay comfortable and effective and efficient. I started off by trying to summarize exactly what it is that he does. He is a posture expert. He's into posture. He can teach Alexander technique. He's the kind of go-to guy if you if you've got aches and pains and you're you're worried about how you're and you're sitting or or how you're you're doing all, all kinds of stuff. Um, so, it, does, does that kind of summarise what you get up to, James? Am I, have I given you a fair introduction? Yeah, I guess you have. You know, a
1: lot of our listeners at the moment, some of them will be sitting, and I help people with how they sit, particularly if they get in pain. Some of them will be pottering around the kitchen, doing all sorts of stuff. I help them become more aware of how they're doing the things that they're doing, so I bring them a more mindful awareness of their bodies. And then um, some of them will be working, and I help people work more comfortably and without pain as well. So, it can be right. a bit more productive and a bit happier at the end of the day. Right. So,
0: and and what made you start this? I've got, I've got a suspicion you were kind of getting along with your life quite nicely. You had quite um a, a good job, lots of responsibility uh, and lots of stress. And then all, all of a sudden, you were like one of your potential clients just now. Yeah, totally. I was um
1: I was I was working as a project manager in IT, and uh, I kept getting promoted. And I was working on a laptop which will uh, sound very familiar to a lot of people and eventually it made me ill and so I the sort of stuff that made me better really excited me and I found I was better suited and, and enjoyed that a lot more than I did being working in IT as a project manager so I switched over to it and you, uh, you'll see that a lot in in therapists and other modalities you know yoga teachers pilates teachers that they get into something because they need it because they're imperfect, and then they enjoy it so much that they they decide that they'd rather do that as a career.
0: So, what was your first port of call though? When when you kind of at, you were at the end of your tether, and uh, you were in the high octane world of uh, a very busy project manager, did you did you kind of get hold of your GP?
1: Yeah, I I um I was very well paid at the time, so so I took the plunge and um, travelled down to Harley Street to see a specialist in work related upper limb disorders or RSIs arm pain computer arm pain um and he he took a look at me and he said oh you know his notes said oh james is a very nice man with a a forward jutting chin which at at the time i thought was really weird but um i see later
0: on that that was part of my problem and he wrote me a big list you need a forward jutting chin as a project manager Um, because you've got to stick your chin into people's business
1: it didn't do me any favors i think like a frog i was trying to put my throat closer to people as i croaked at them what they needed to do before the end of the day and um so yeah he gave me a really big list of um of, of modalities of, of different therapies to try different things to try there was um there was osteopathy um there was um there was needling there was uh, uh, sports massage right there was quite quite a lot of things and I tried all of them and is, is needling because...
0: acupuncture
1: acupuncture yeah so um I work quite closely with phys- physiotherapists and when they use needles they tend not to call it acupuncture so they will call it dry needling or needling all right so they don't get confused with um with other people who do acupuncture primarily so yes acupuncture Okay. and um, and right at the bottom of the list was Alexander Technique and he gave me a beady look and he said to me, this is the one that will work for you. But I'd never heard of this, Mike. And so, you know, being a self-assured young man that I was, I completely ignored him and, and worked my way down the list one at a time with varying degrees of success. But no resolution really to my to my arm pain. I could mitigate it, but it wouldn't go away. Um, And eventually, I came to Alexander Technique. And what I realized was the reason I was having arm pain was, was me, you know, it was it was my environment and how I was interfacing with it. And if I changed those, if I held my posture better, if I changed my environment, so it was easier to work better, then the the pain receded. And it did take quite a long time. Um, We talk about Alexander Technique teachers, they they teach a process or a A technique to people um, and I was particularly slow in learning it and and repetitive strain injuries and work-related upper limb disorders do tend to be quite intransigent they take a while to Mm -hmm. to resolve so I stuck with it and became fascinated by the whole process and thought wow this is much more interesting than sitting on people's desks waiting for them to update a spreadsheet and um, and so went off to do it and the rest
0: is history. Okay so from the kind of first visit to the Alexander Technique practitioner or teacher to when you kind of felt much better how long was that like a couple of weeks a couple of years no no
1: it was definitely a period of time I think it was probably three or four months look looking back at it all right so I was going for I was going for weekly and sometimes twice weekly sessions with uh with an Alexander Technique teacher who was also a GP and I think looking back that was probably the only reason I actually went was um being quite close minded I, w- I wasn't willing to try things that i wasn't already convinced would would work for me but the fact that it was a gp who was helping me was mm-hmm. um uh, allowed me to take it on board
0: you felt the fact yeah. that they were a gp gave them a bit more a uh, bump behind them as, as it were a bit more horsepower in what they were saying yeah legitimacy yeah legitimacy
1: yeah a bit more horsepower yeah yeah. Uh, yeah but
0: even so so two or three months compared to a lifelong in pain is is nothing is it you know it really is nothing it's a blink of an eye yeah absolutely
1: it's um, all right it's um i don't know i I guess i meet a lot of people who who have pain and um some people are always going to have pain that they are always going to have pain and they're going to learn to live to deal with it but i meet some people who you can just you can get them out of their fix relatively quickly and all they need is is pretty much a dispassionate third party assessment of what's going on rather than you know an outside look of saying well you know you're saying that um your working practices are perfectly fine but i've just had a look through through a camera at you and you're hunched over a laptop and you you positioned yourself like a like a like a scrunched up prawn over a tiny little screen and and it's no wonder that you've got back and neck ache or you know you've got these chronic pains so yeah, some things do take time to fix. You know, we, it takes time. The, the damage that we incur by her, using ourselves badly and having bad posture doesn't just occur immediately. It takes a long time and builds up.
0: Yeah, and it can yeah, yeah.
1: take time to unravel that as well. I
0: see the, the number of times I, I've heard, "Oh, but I just bent down to tie my shoelace up," I think, and, and that's what caused it. And I think it will actually, yeah it might have been the, the straw that broke the camel's back but it'll be the years of doing whatever you're doing before that actually probably really caused it
1: yeah that that career as a, as a professional shoelace tire might have had something to do with it
0: <laughs> <laughs> i want to i want to I'm, I'm going to pick your brains about alexander technique uh hmm. in detail but first of all i just want to mention uh stress because your your job as a project manager i i can imagine it you were under a fair amount of stress so do you think that was um part of the problem and in the people that you see um do you kind of see that as been a real well one of the issues one of the causes really
1: yeah yeah definitely um stress but I kind of say it as a, as a cycle Mike. stress causes tension tension causes pain pain causes stress and tension and you can get locked in that cycle and right. unless you can step out of
0: it 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 tends to Swallow you up. So uh, I mean, you, you you can tell, give lots of people lots of great advice about posture, but I, I can imagine it's slightly harder if you see someone who's obviously stressed, and it it, it might be their job, it, you know, it could be their family life, it, it yeah, you know, it could be anything. Mm. um That's probably kind of harder to do something about, give advice about. I mean, do you, do you try and get involved in that side of things? Do you say, look, you need to calm down? Although that's probably yeah, the worst yeah, I thing know, I ever sh-
1: to say to someone. I shout at them. I say, just, you know, yes. an aeroplane isn't going to crash into this room right now. You relax. And, and um, if that doesn't and that, work, you just that doesn't work. have a stick and sort of hit them a bit. <laughs> so Alexander Technique sessions, or, or lessons as it's often called, are very, very relaxing. And um, people who go to uh, things like massage or... Um, Alexander or reflexology or, or any of these other modalities will notice that after a, after a while, they're getting a relationship with their practitioner, and they like to offload their daily problems. So we're not trained counselors, but it is quite a nice outlet for people to discuss the problems oh. of, of that they're having day to day. And that in a nice relaxed environment, where you're unwinding people's muscular stress does tend to help people release stress. So I have a little. Um, I'm not going to swear, but I have a little um, a little analogy that I say uh, to people, which is when you learn the Alexander technique, S H T tends to matter less, and <laughs> and it really does because one of the things we're doing is we're we're undoing the neck and shoulder tension that so many people have, and in doing so, we're taking people out of that fight or flight pattern, that stress response that tends to tighten up our neck and shoulders. So when you release that tension things do matter less you know you're less you're less on edge you're less stressed
0: okay so you so we've got to the point where you learned the alexander technique and realized it worked for you then you became a teacher a practitioner how how did that happen because presumably that didn't happen overnight that that wasn't like an an online course for an afternoon was it no no it wasn't two hours and a certificate
1: pdf straight afterwards it was um it was a three-year training course um in wonderful Kendall in northwest England, it was absolutely beautiful there in, in the summer and uh, autumn and spring and absolutely horrendous in the winter. Um, as a town, it's quite a tourist town as well. So Kendall empties in the winter. So not only is it bleak and black with, with horizontal rain, but there's there's no one there either but we had a, I had a lovely 3 years learning the Alexander technique um met some fantastic people at the full time study Te- 3 years full time it's it's classed as full time but frankly it's it's as close to part time as it could be so i think it was you know somewhere in the region of 20 to 25 hours a week something like that okay. i can't remember exactly all
0: right
1: but yes it was um i think a couple of people managed to hold down jobs and take their training but the majority of people who go on to train to be Alexander teachers need to take two or three years out to do it okay so so this is quite a commitment yeah so it's, it's a massive commitment and um I don't know might like <laughs> life's an adventure and it's really and it's becoming more and more popular now for people to change roles and change careers and it used to be very um you know you'd, you'd become a cobbler and you'd be a cobbler for the rest of your life or uh, nowadays, people do like to change around a bit, and I've always been acutely conscious of the passage of time. I think partly because my own brain doesn't tend to register it in the short term. So all of a sudden, I'll realise that five or ten years have passed, and and I haven't seen it happen. And yeah. so I do like to make the big jumps and say, right, okay, well, I've been X. You know, I was a, I was a nightclub manager for many years, and I did that, or I've been a a computer um, help desk person, or I've been a project manager, and I've been a, a therapist and no doubt, and now I'm an ergonomist and no doubt sometime before I retire, I'll, I'll be something else. I don't know, a space pilot or a, a balloonist or <laughs> a, a professional shoelace
0: tyre, whatever yeah, it is, whatever it
1: takes my fancy.
0: No, all right. I, 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 I must say, I, I do like that kind of uh, approach. Um, but back back to the Alexander technique. Um if I was to come to you, all right, with a, a pain in the neck or whatever, whatever it might be, what 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 actually happens? You know, first time we meet, oh, help me, James, I've got an awful pain in the neck.
1: What happens next? Yeah, so, um, so what I like to do is I like to do a sort of 10 to 15 minute stage show demonstrating bad posture to people. And then I regret that immediately afterwards because demonstrating bad posture can often lead to, to uncom- discomfort and pain. <laughs> Um, and, and then I will I will guide um, the individual through generally we start on lying on a table like a physio's couch or a massage couch very gently I use my hands to undo the tension in the head neck and shoulders in the back and then throughout the joints through the rest of the body so basically unwinding people and unraveling them a bit and then as they become more proficient at allowing me to do that so I ask them not to help because they would be using their own ideas of posture and tension. I ask them not to help. When they get better at that, then we start to take it into movements, little activities while staying posturally aware and not adding tension into the activities. We do simple things at first, moving a finger, moving a hand, and then we build up to more complex activities, um, sitting, standing, walking, catching, typing, so that you're posturally aware of yourself while you go throughout your day. And for people, I get quite a lot of nurses and counsellors and, and other therapists as well, who care for other people for a living, and I teach them to be aware of themselves whilst they're helping other people, which is which is really really useful because a lot of carers will focus one hundred percent on the person they're trying to look after, mm-hmm. often at the expense of themselves. So we bring that back into balance.
0: Did that and answer your question? Uh, no, uh, cer- certainly, and so. We've already talked about how long this might take. Well, in, in your particular case, it took two to three months. Is, is that fairly typical?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, so when I meet people, I have them join me for a series of six sessions after an introduction. Um, and I do that because I, w- I want to have the time to work with people without each session having to be particularly special. So what we do is we work generally weekly and it gives me time to build some momentum in their self-awareness and in their releasing of their tension. And then most of my clients go on and they take three, four, sometimes longer sets of these six. So for a lot of people, it's sort of 20-ish, 24 sessions. But I have clients who I've been seeing, you know, since I started 15, 20 odd years ago. And I see them once a month or so, they feel better. It's nice to catch up with them and we, and we have a good chat. So there's that element to it too. Yeah, really, I'm focused on, I just want people to get better. I don't, I don't. My whole life is about, I don't want people to feel like I felt. And if I can achieve that, then it's job done. I'm. I'm not there to see everybody once a week for the rest of their lives. I just want them to learn what they're doing wrong that's causing them pain and then send them skipping and clapping off into the distance as the sun shines.
0: Or even dancing
1: even dancing yeah just not <laughs> i don't do the dancing because even though i work with body awareness mike i still can't dance so it doesn't help with that
0: oh i don't believe that for a second i'm sure yeah, you some can. people it helps with all right <laughs> <laughs> so um i mean you came into this through having um a bad back through a, a bad neck and bad arms through a, a desk based sort of job yeah and most of the people that you help sort of come to you with a similar sort of story you know I've got real trouble at work most of my work is sitting down it's not just that I mean
1: um a lot of a lot of musicians I see a lot of musicians and oh. let's face it not every musician is making a living as a musician so um you know they get a lot of there's a lot of repetitive movements involved in being a musician yeah and if you're making those repetitive movements with excess tension or badly guess what it's going to end up
0: hurting so, and, and um, actually a lot of instruments are are very uh, awkward. They're very sort of lopsided. I'm thinking like oh. I don't know the flute or something you know it's, yeah or
1: you, or a violin or something like that. Any, anything where it's off to one side and, yeah. and often you're having to tilt your head and so so it's kind of like all our positions are slightly compromised, but the best we can do is make them as least compromised as possible. It's sure. a bit like all exercises is a bit bad for you but it's also good for you it's you know you, you just do your best within the constraints available to you
0: right um so you, you kind of specialize in, in in helping people in their workplace often that's often that's sitting down but yeah alexander technique in in, in general presumably could help you know people doing all, all kinds of different things i'm thinking yeah, and maybe this... driving actually lots of people hate driving yeah so so um, for our listeners
1: now, when, when you next go get into your car, you might want to think about your headrest behind you. If you settle right back into your chair and kind of push you back up into the chair. So I call it slumping upwards. So you're slumping back into your car chair and then adjust your headrest so it's in the right place and have your head, the back of your head resting against that headrest. When you've done that, adjust your car mirror so that it's in the right place. And then every time you find yourself driving badly because you've slumped forwards due to stress or tiredness or you still haven't unlearned from craning forwards that you did when you were learning to drive you'll realize because your mirror will be in the wrong place mm-hmm. so then you come back into a nice posture uh, and you can you can make some quick easy wins that way yeah driving i really wouldn't want to drive for a living 8 8 to 10 hours a day it's it's, it's a very static sustained posture and those are real risk factors ergonomically for having pain and discomfort
0: and injury. I, I, I've got to say, I, I find driving very uncomfortable. Partly, I'm a bit of a funny shape. So I'm, I'm, I'm not crazily tall, but I'm so I, I'm six foot tall, but I've got quite short legs. In fact, my wife calls me low bottom. So oh. I've got a long body. So almost in any car, my head hits the roof. So I'm kind of crouching. Um, yeah. What a curse! What a curse!
5: Well, yeah.
1: Don't buy an Aston Martin like one of my clients did, and, and had to sell it after three or four weeks because they just couldn't
0: fit in it. It was a very expensive mistake. That one, yeah. Actually, doing what you do, you can have a bit of a sideline in in uh, secondhand sports cars, possibly. Because you yeah, just... a lot of people with the midlife crisis sports car. No, that won't do. Sell the
1: car to me. Give give the car to me. I'll have the midlife crisis and I'll look after the car. It,
0: it makes sense. It's a no-brainer, isn't it? <laughs> Back to how you help people rather than how you uh, steal their cars is, mm. is is most of what you do face to face because what you described so far you described meeting people but uh, I mean we just had COVID presumably that had to change how how do you help people now?
1: Yeah, so I do I do online work. Um, we do, we have online Alexander Technique sessions. We do uh, mainly now it's in person Alexander Technique sessions. And when I was less busy, I used to do um, group workshops for places like the University of Manchester and the BBC and other big organisations. But the real strongest benefit to the work is in one to one with an Alexander Technique teacher. Here in the UK, we have a registered society. Other societies are available called the Society of Alexander Technique Teachers or STAT. And they have a website, alexandertechnique.co.uk, where people can find local Alexander Technique teachers to work with them one-to-one. And that's yeah. where the most most benefit is. Then I also work with people, let, let me tell you, when COVID happened, um, I've been working with a lot of people one-to-one and, and sometimes I'd be confused about why all the good work I was doing was being undone within the last couple of weeks before I see, saw them again. And we shifted to online and we shifted to Zoom and, and other online platforms. And all of a sudden I got to see inside their houses and I'd see people working. And, and the clouds the clouds broke and the sunshine shined through. I thought, oh, here, here is what's going wrong. And I just saw how badly people were working. And even with the best intentions and, you know, you might have the most expensive ergonomic chair, but it's very easy to sit badly and use yourself badly on an ergonomic chair. People doing all those bad postural stuff that's causing them pain. So I retrained as, a, as an ergonomist as well. And now I help companies whose staff have pain, help a lot of solopreneurs and and individuals um those those sort of people who work for themselves now the gig economy i think you'd call it Mm -hmm. who who just work from home and of course the difference between home and the office is in an office there is um there's a legal responsibility for ensuring that your staff are okay and whilst the same is true in home offices that really isn't rolling out very well and a lot of people who work for themselves just want to get the work done And they know that they could be set up better and they could have when we say ergonomics i mean your desk your screen your keyboard your mouse your chair how are they all fitting together and most importantly how are you fitting into that so what i do now a lot on on remote ergonomic assessments um and when i say ergonomic um i hope people understand what that means because a lot of people still haven't it's it's... explain what it means to you so there are a million different definitions what it means to me is how I fit myself to the environment and how I fit my environment to me so you could go to the gym you could work out for two hours a day do everything that you wanted to try and improve your posture and have massage and you know have physiotherapy and chiropractic and osteopathy and then you could go back and sit at your home office desk scrunched over over a laptop that isn't at the right height without the right keyboard and mouse on a bad chair be- because you've never got around to improving it and your posture and your pain are going to suffer no matter what you do externally to that so there's there's a there's an overlap between having the time to look after yourself and making sure you sort out your environment as well and and i like to do there's there's three parts to it there's there's the body can you look after your body there's the brain can you take breaks can you stagger your work properly can you task rotate can you look after your eyesight can you keep your stress low? And then there's your space, the ergonomic environment around you. Is, is it configured right for you? Because one size does not fit all. Everybody, Most office venues will have a chair that they've chosen for their staff. And often it's chosen on, does it suit the colour scheme for the office? Is it within the right price band? Um, and yeah, it's going to fit some people. But the vast majority of people, it's not perfectly configured for. So you need ergonomic chairs. You need stuff that's adjustable in height. In you can adjust the back. You can adjust your armrests. And you can for people with shorter legs but tall backs, you need a chair with a tall back but a shallow seat. You know, and and, and buying a a plus size chair is going to leave you sitting badly because your thighs are too
0: short. Yeah. actually, it always surprises yeah. me when when I go in, into offices i don't know if surprise is the right word amuses me you quite often you see a chair there's a big sign on the back sellotape to it this chair belongs to do not touch do not adjust any of the things by any means so sometimes i think by having chairs that you can adjust everything on you kind of end up adjusting very little sometimes unless you are the person who's stuck this note on the back of the chair there's there's
1: a training issue isn't here isn't there that um it's not that the chair is too adjustable it's that the user hasn't been trained how to adjust the chair
0: possibly awesome, um, yeah
1: and the more the, you know i i adjust my chair regularly some days i'll be fatter some days i'll be thinner some days i'll be taller some days i'll be shorter you know whether it's the end of the day or the beginning of the day sometimes i'll be tired sometimes i'll be full of energy and i'll use a perching stool um, it's you know it's adjusting your environment makes a lot of sense as an example, right now as we record this, I'm standing up using a standing desk. When I'm ready to do some typing, I'll lower the desk and I'll sit and I'll I'll do some typing. And then if I'm doing that for too long, I'll take a break and do some typing standing up. And it's all about getting that movement in as as much as it is having uh, the right environment. So, if you've got a, a chair in an office that says "Do not touch. This is my chair" and stay away from it, it's because that person is has. Has got in their head this amazing setup that they think has to be perfect, and and if anybody messes with it, they'll never get it back. A bit like your car chair. Oh my gosh, Mike! Someone's moved my car seat, and I'll yeah. never get it back. All you need is training how to adjust it. Yeah, and the the other thing you yeah. you, you mentioned, uh, desks. I've ranted. I've ranted, Mike. I heard there was ranting on your show. Yeah, ranting is
0: fine. Usually, I'm the one that rants. Yeah, you're a guest. We have to we have to be nice to you. you you're very welcome to rant. It's absolutely no problem. So let me ask you, and you can you can rant about this if you like. Um, Fantastic. A standard desk. What's the height of a standard desk? Is it seventy two centimeters or seventy four centimeters? Something seventy two, I think.
1: Yeah, it varies. I, I sort of say it's seventy three on average, just to go for for a sort of average.
0: Right. It depends. Yeah. And, and so what 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 always amazes me is that whether you are six foot six or you know five foot two. Your, your first day in the office you're given your desk and that's the height whatever and yeah. it just it just seems to be slightly bonkers to me
1: it's all all about ergonomics is all about heights if you can get everything generally at the right height you generally solve the problems everybody's a different height we have you know people are five foot people are six foot six how on earth is one office desk going to going to suit those people It's it's just bonkers yeah. So we need well, to build not, in adjustability or or variants. You need to have three different types of desk in your workplace, right? Particularly if there's a hot desk environment, you can't you can't make that six foot six person work at the same desk as that five foot person and have both of them be comfortable.
0: No, no, it's not possible. Well, so I mean, I, I you said you've got a desk that goes up and down. So so have I. Mm-hmm. You know, I I like desk that go up and down. Yeah, um, I I quite often stand at my desk and 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 all the rest of it. So yeah, being able to change
1: heights. is is very good. It's nouveau riche, Mike. Having having your own adjustable desk is new nouveau reach. It's 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 the new way forwards and you I can't help but
0: show it off to everybody because it just it makes is isn't that long ago that having a desk that changed height was kind of looked upon as witchcraft. So I I I think we are making progress.
1: Yeah (laughs) I'm glad we are making a lot of progress and a lot of companies are putting a lot of thought and a lot of effort into how can they look after their staff but not all. And no. the sort of companies who are who are paying near minimum wage and they, they just don't want to spend the money on looking after their staff ergonomically are doing themselves a disservice because they're not getting the same productivity out of those staff. You
0: know, well, the most it, important thing very often that a company has is the people that work for it. So, you know. Yeah. It's the most expensive item, isn't it? Yeah. Without them, they're just, you know, a few desks and a few chairs, which is yeah. <laughs> unless you're a
1: furniture sales room in which case you've probably got the right setup
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: um well that's another story that's a whole, whole nother topic let me ask you and this is so this is probably an impossible question but I, I'll, I'll ask it anyway is to kind of finish it and uh, to, to finish off. is there a most common desk issue that you come across and if so what is it
1: yeah okay so so the, the most common desk desk issue is the height of the screen um, a lot of people are working on laptops and they assume because it's a portable computer it's it's safe to use just on the desk and it's not because you have to pull down and you have to crane down to see your laptop screen um a lot of monitors um aren't adjusted to the user or they're not adjustable so that the simplest thing that you can do to improve your ergonomics is to get the top of your monitor up to the same height as your eyes, and right. you can do that with with I use Jay, I always recommend Jamie Oliver cookbooks because that's what, you know everybody's got dozens of Jamie Oliver cookbooks and they're great for raising your screen. If if your screen is too too low for you, raise it up. If your screen is too high for you, you need to raise yourself up, and right. in doing so, that might mean you need a footrest or something. To support your feet while you're sitting okay. but, you know vision is our primary sense and posture is a function of vision and reach so you know yeah yeah
0: all right excellent well my computer as we speak is on a couple of wooden blocks so uh i i That's feel it. a bit i feel a little smug now i'm doing the yeah, right thing gold gold star mike gold yeah. star Right, james if people are listening to this and thinking yeah you know what i think i could do with a bit of help uh from james either with Alexander technique or or help with ergonomics in the office that kind of thing how can they uh, get hold of you or find more information
1: thanks Mike my primary website is posturestars.com that's www.posturestars.com and that's where I help companies and individuals to sort out their ergonomic and their pain issues Then I have a secondary website called alexanderplus.com. That's www.alexanderplus.com, where I do um, Zoom for Alexander Technique and I also where we arrange my local Alexander Technique sessions. And I live in Greater Manchester in the northwest of England. People travel to see me from as far afield as uh, Liverpool and down into Derbyshire and up into the north as well. So I love meeting new people. If anybody wants to try an Alexander Technique session out, I'd be delighted to have an introductory session with you and show you what it, what it's all about. And if you're a company and you know your staff are sitting badly and you know there's stuff that you could improve about it, or you have staff who might be going off with sickness or illness, which is very expensive, I can help with that as well. And I really enjoy going into companies' workplaces and or Zooming their staff to,
0: to make their life a lot less painful and a lot more productive. All right. That's my plug, Mike. Excellent note. Good plug. Thank you very much indeed for chatting for a few minutes, James. It, it's much appreciated. So many thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been loads of fun. Cheerio. This
2: show is cool!
1: UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. good,
3: good. Nagging pain. We at AlgaCells know that a small amount of the patient's own bone marrow and blood cells can treat many painful conditions with regenerative orthopaedic therapy. This is an attractive treatment option for painful joints, back pain, sports injuries and many other conditions. It may avoid the need for surgery altogether. AlgaCells, part of a network of 50 Regenex clinics worldwide where over 60,000 patients have been treated and helped. Alga cells. life is more beautiful with less pain.
4: A cancer diagnosis can be scary and stressful for everyone involved. Hello Love is a contemporary living space and well-being center in central London where anyone can come and learn about illness prevention and non-toxic practice. Inside, you will find a vegan restaurant, juice bar, and holistic dojo that encourage lifestyle changes to help heal mind, body, and spirit connection. Cancer patients are offered free sessions. To find out more, please visit us at hellolove.org. A station
0: that makes you feel good. Okay, I'm up on the top of the Duomo. Climbed up over 400 stairs. The last lot in between two uh, two shells of the dome and uh, just to come out the top it's beautiful sunshine. I can see there's an airplane landing at Florence airport which is currently lower than us, the aeroplane's lower than us. In fact everything is lower than us up here I think pretty much. Fabulous view of the city, great view of the tower of the Duomo as opposed to the dome. We can see people up the tower that looks, looks like quite fun as well. Okay, so I mentioned I was going to tell you a bit about my holiday. We went to Italy, we visited Tuscany, including Florence, where we scaled the Duomo. I learned I need to get a little bit fitter. You can tell from me being so out of breath at the top on that little clip. We'll return to the uh, city centre of Florence experience, but I I just want to mention some other stuff uh, first. Okay, so I'm I'm a civil engineer from a past life or I was a civil engineer in a past life I don't practice now but I can't help but notice some things to do with infrastructure when I travel so apologies for that maybe but bear with me we left uh, from Stancid airport which was just like crowded and chaotic and pretty much horrible we landed at Turin which was wonderful admittedly it's a smaller city but Turin airport was just lovely the roads were great, picking up the higher car was absolutely no problem. As you heard, we went to Florence and I must admit, I was kind of dreading driving to Florence. My thought was that it's kind of crazy and chaotic and Italian drivers are a bit crazy. But that wasn't the case at all. There was a fantastic park and ride uh, just on, on the outskirts of Florence. The tram into the centre cost 1 euro fifty each. So it was uh, six euros for the whole family to get into the centre of uh, Florence from the park and ride. Uh, The tram from the park and ride uh, was clean and air conditioned. And every six to eight minutes, it was just wonderful. Parking for all day cost eight euros. So as a result of it being sensibly priced and comfortable comfortable to use, people actually do use it i really couldn't help thinking that we could do with a bit of that in london in some similar ways admittedly london is a larger city but you know there's nothing like that at all then when we got home after a couple of weeks in italy we landed at gatwick um, and then the train from gatwick to st albans where we live for the family was 51 pounds you know, that's not the yeah, six euros to the centre of town. Admittedly, the journey was a little bit further, but £51 to get home. I thought, yeah, welcome home back to the UK. Anyway, uh, I do like where I live, but I certainly enjoyed my holiday in Italy. So, and I do like Florence. So, let's get back to Florence after the Duomo trip. Okay I've come down from the Duomo, it was quite a hike up but it was wonderful and now we're sitting down at a cafe listening to a gentleman simming a little bit of opera and we're about to have a little drinky so all is good. People watching is something I really like to do I guess really it's just been kind of nosy and I like to do it particularly when I go on holiday and while I was sitting close to the Duomo I noticed a couple of interesting people so I went over for a chat. Good right so I'm just by the Duomo in Florence as part of my holiday and i got to say it's a fantastic place I was sitting down eating an ice cream and then I saw two really fascinating people and they came on bicycles and they were picked up a pigeon they had one pigeon with them in a, in a backpack and they picked up another pigeon so I had to come over and say hello so guys hi please introduce yourselves.
2: Hello I am Memo She's my wife. It's Birge.
0: Fascinating to meet you both. So please, can you just tell me um, what you're doing and why you have like one pigeon in in a a box and you're looking after or seem to be looking after other pigeons. So
2: what are we doing? We are, um, we're helping pigeons. Uh, We are going out when we can with our bicycles. And uh, sometimes we take our little guy here, who is also a pigeon. Uh, We call him Mavi. And we're looking. And uh, you say, Marvi had a broken wing and you helped Mar- him. Marvi had yeah. a broken wing. Yes. Uh, he appeared in front of us one evening um, when here he was supposed Florence. to be yeah, here in Florence, when he was supposed to be sleeping. And we saw and it was like, uh, wow, what's wrong with this guy in this hour? Like uh, almost midnight. And uh, we picked him up, went home, uh, took it to the wet. And then apparently it had a broken wing. Can't fly again. So we adopted him. Um, I hope he has a happy life it look, looks fine to me he looks pretty happy
5: and he has his wife
0: yeah the wife is like a toy pigeon yes just for company but he, toy pigeon.
2: But he doesn't know it. <laughs>
0: okay anyway so
2: you know we are so what,
0: what started your interest in wanting to look after pigeons around the duomo in florence
2: well um we were you know like under lockdown during covet times and um There's a a pair of uh, pigeons that uh, started uh, coming to our windowsill, and we started giving them food. And um, you know, we started observing them because we had nothing else to do. So we started to to study a little bit. We started to read a little bit, and then uh, all of a sudden, we realized that they're not like uh, rats with wings that many people. Lots of people say that, don't they? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, And that's that's a very uh, uh, misunderstood um, reality because. Uh, they are, in fact, you know, like uh, quite... Um, quite um, domestic animals. Th- yeah, domestic animals. Okay. And, like, they're, they're, they're quite... Um, so can friend. you
0: tell different ones apart? When you come here, do you, do you recognize different pigeons ever?
2: Well, these are feral pigeons, you know. Like, these are, th- these are once upon a time domesticated and then escaped. And then um, they have multiplied among themselves, different breeds, different colors. And um, all of a sudden, we have this mess here because... You know, we are not, as humans, not that clean. Uh, we throw our garbage away. Uh, we don't contain them so good. And then, um, you
5: the know, human the- hair is the worst thing ever.
2: Um, so what, why is that? What does the, what, what's the problem with the human
0: hair?
5: Because these animals like to find food, they're walking on the streets and like, they have a tendency to, how do you say? Turn around
0: themselves. T- turn
5: around themselves. Yes. And just it's like the, the
0: classic sort of pigeon strut. They're pigeon always pigeon turning pigeon round and round, pigeon. aren't
5: and they? And yeah, when there's yes, exactly. some like human hair on the ground, they just take it and like in like 10 seconds that they, they can strangle okay. their, yeah. Entangle, entangle uh, both,
2: both their feet. Both yeah, their exactly. feet and sure. in time,
5: it becomes gangrene. Um, you say, no?
2: Exactly. So Gan-
0: gangrenous, it cuts yeah. the blood flow it's to the foot yeah, yeah. and it becomes flow. gangrenous. Very, very, um,
5: yeah. They, um, they lost their fingers or even whole feet so if we can catch one in an early stage it's great we clean it and then he will never have like um, problems regarding that thing again okay but sometimes unless of
2: course catches another one
5: yeah yeah
0: Yeah. so this this is fantastic so do do other people care for the pigeons here or or is this kind of your thing
2: unfortunately not really you know like it's it's um, you know where we come from originally which is istanbul turkey uh pigeons are a little bit more like you know, loved. loved. Yes, exactly. I don't want to say sacred because they're not, but uh, they're more loved. Okay. They're more respected. Um, but here, it's it's uh, it's it's appalling to see many locals uh, that are so convinced these are you know like animals that that brings uh, sickness, illness, and, and uh, you know, die. yeah, they should die and they should be, yeah. they, you know they should be collected and you know euthanized. And a lot of people think like that. So it's, yeah. It's so like, they're not
0: generally the. Not, people here are not so kind
2: to the pigeons exactly yeah. exactly okay.
5: and then just because like when we see one in pain in uh, in need of help we know that we are
2: his only chance probably okay so how because can you turn around and go back and you know not help it you yeah. know it's it's, it's it's not fair you know yeah. like I can't sleep yeah. like that at night you know knowing that uh, this poor guy here is suffering uh, and just a, just a simple kind of you know um, gesture just you just you know lure it with food and you take it um, there's many youtube videos on this you know how to catch a pigeon how to help a pigeon how to you know on string um, strong feet uh, pigeon feet um, you know you just take it help it and just you release it it's just that simple okay. it's just uh, well, that kindness how lovely i'm really glad i met you so thank you very much for you just thank you for letting me know attention you that's something <laughs>
0: you're extremely welcome absolute pleasure to meet you both yeah,
2: you pleasure too. pleasure is ours thank you very much
0: so you never know who you're going to meet in the centre of Florence. In fact, I forgot to say, my children saw a fellow student from their old school in the queue to go up the Duomo. So, Florence, a wonderful place. Thank you to my guests on this week's show. They were James Crow, posture expert, and of course, Mimo and Berger, the uh, pigeon helpers in Florence. Thank you to for listening, and a special thanks to the show's sponsor, Algo Cells, who bring regenerative orthopaedic medicine to the uk see their website it's AlgoCells.com for details if you or a loved one are in pain do have a look and then of course thank you also to you for listening that was the relax back uk show with me mike dill thank you for listening and please do join us
5: again next time